From the darkest reaches of space to the deepest corners of your mind. Your mind. Welcome to From the Void. With UFOs, or UAPs as they're now being referred to, all over the news, people are asking questions like, what are they? Who are they? And what do they want? Few are asking the question, how do we prepare for this new reality we find ourselves in? The very idea of an object that can defy the laws of physics and outperform any of our known technology bends our perception of reality to the brink of snapping. And then you add in the weight of the possibility that these objects could be from somewhere other than Earth. Well, that pushes us to the breaking point. What happens when you encounter something that just isn't supposed to be? Or to use the words of Alan Steinfeld, this week's guest, just seeing a UFO can cause cognitive dissonance. Psychological disassociation occurs when we see an object that is not supposed to do the things it does. Hover in midair with no sound, zoom off at incredible speeds, or pop in and out of space. That alone shatters our sense of what we think is real and actual. It is hard to stay present when the unbearable shock of uncertainty appears in circumstances that are not supposed to exist. This is because we are so conditioned to form our identity around a world that is predictable. In other words, Reality must be more solid than the ground under our feet, or our sense of self is threatened. Steinfeld's new book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence, is a collection of writings by experts within the field of ufology, including Linda Moten Howe, Whitley Strieber, John Mack, Nick Pope, and others, who attempt to help us to prepare for a potential new reality. What would life be like if we could confirm that there is indeed life out there in the universe. We are not alone, and maybe they're already here. Welcome to this week's episode featuring Alan Steinfeld, Making Contact. Right, welcome to the podcast, uh, Alan Steinfeld. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your night to uh, to join us here. I love to talk about this subject, so thanks, John. Yeah, appreciate it. So, so before we get started, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you got uh, interested in the subject of of UFOs and UAPs. Well, I don't know. Everyone seems to be interested in it. They just don't talk about it. I think um, I've always been fascinated with the stars. I I I, I was one of the only people I knew who looked at the stars and asked questions like, what's out there? What are those lights? How come more people aren't curious? So that's always been with me. I read a lot of science fiction. I love Star Trek. I wanted to be an astronaut. I mean, I guess everyone did because it was big in the 60s, the whole public display. But just going to outer space just always interests me. So this is not a new topic, but I did have an experience of, of seeing things. And then I think, and you never know, I think I was actually in an abduction experience. I don't know if that's too way out there for your audience, but it, it, it was uh, from the void that this happened, if, that, if that's what you're calling. Yeah, yeah. So um, something happened to me. And usually in a lot of cases, it happens in dream states, this kind of contact experience, although... So, but it wasn't just a dream because I woke up with a mark on my leg. I mean, thousands of people have talked about that now, but for me, it just sucked me into what's going on here. Is there a bigger story? How come the news isn't talking about this? How come it's not on the front page of the newspapers? And mm, I, I just, as I dug deeper and deeper into the field, I realized that what I thought was science fiction is now science reality. So um, it just sucked me in. I wanted to know everything there was about it. I went to all the conferences because I think something had happened to me that was 
inexplicable. So what was that? And was I part of something else? And still, I'm not getting answers. I mean, I put together this book with many of the major researchers because there are some answers in there for people who've had some similar kind of, and even the people who haven't, this is a really good introduction to the whole 75 years of suppression. And it's been a cover up since Roswell or maybe before some people say. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that you mentioned that. I was thinking about that earlier today because obviously, as, as you mentioned, you know, UFOs, UAPs widely, in the public uh, public consciousness right now, uh, thanks in part to the uh, New York Times article and and Politico and and the Washington Post and obviously the recent release of um, uh, videos that have been confirmed by the by the Navy and Navy pilots interacting with these unidentified flying objects and so a lot of people are talking about it. But what's interesting to me is that we hear a lot of different people on different sides. Some people are like it's aliens. Some people are saying that no 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 this is just top secret government technology. But what's interesting, you know, about what you just said is, yeah, this has been happening for 75 years. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that this is just some sort of misidentified drone when we've seen objects like this for generations now that are performing maneuvers that our technology just simply can't. Well, you get people like Obama coming out. Did you hear that just the other night saying there are things in the sky? Yeah. What we... So if it was just high technology on, you know, see Tom, would you get someone out and out lying, say, we don't know what these things are? I mean, you might because they're politicians, but um, I think there is a real phenomenon. I think a lot of people who can't acknowledge the truth put out these subversive um, deceptions that, oh, yeah, it must be military just because – they can't fit it into their worldview. They label it as something that they can fit in. No, we are being confronted with probably the greatest enigma that to ever face human civilization. And we are at the threshold of a new time. And I'm really excited about it because nothing like this has ever happened to the planet. Yes, there's been lots of people who've seen UFOs, but to have the collective awareness move to what I call new realities is monumental and exciting and and full of possibilities, not fear. You know, there's nothing to fear about the unknown. We only project what we know onto the unknown, but the unknown is full of wonder, excitement, and possibility. So this is what we have to look forward to. Yeah, and what's, what's interesting too is that we've had countless of UFO sightings by by witnesses all over the board, from average shows to government officials to highly trained military pilots uh, and everything in between. And these sightings have been going on for for decades now. In fact, I, I believe the last, uh, depending on where you look, uh, somewhere between seven and eight thousand reported sightings per year. And so, of course, like obviously, a lot of those are probably misidentifications. You know, somebody seeing a planet or a satellite or a plane or something like that. But even our own government, when we've had projects prior to this, prior to uh, the most recent one that they've admitted that they have ATIP, even before that, you know, we're talking about things like Project Blue Book. Even J. Allen, Allen Hynek, who is a uh, famed astronomer, admitted that at least a small percentage of these are just completely unexplainable. Right. So where does that leave us? That leaves us on the edge of the unknown, a sea of the unknown. So mm, let's take people's word for it. This is how we can proceed forward. If someone says they saw something in the sky, why not believe their reality? Why do we have to keep questioning? I'm not just saying you, everyone in charge. Why, why is it so hard to fathom that there may be life visiting us from other places. I mean, that is a simple formula for practicality. Yes, I just say yes. We are being visited. We don't know who, why, or where they're from, but something is happening. The problem is the government likes to think it knows everything. The scientists want to tell you, oh yeah, we know what's going on. If we don't know it, it can't be true. 
I mean, they said that about the Wright brothers. You know, uh, there's an article in the 1906 publication of Scientific America, and the Wright brothers had flown for the first time at Kitty Hawk in 1903, but the Scientific America comes out with an article that says, it is heavier, it's impossible for heavier than air machines to fly through the sky. And if such a thing was possible, someone would have reported it long ago. And since no one reported it, it can't be true. So that same type of mentality is is now what mainstream journalists are up against. So you get the guy from ATIP coming on 60 Minutes. Did you see that last week or two weeks ago? Whenever that- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Louise Alessandro in charge of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program because they have to throw threat in there or get funding. But he comes on and Bill Whitaker from 60 Minutes says, hey, are, are, can you tell us if UFOs are real? Alessandro says, and this first thing he says, come on, Bill, we're already past that point now. The government has admitted UFOs are real. Let's move on from that. Let's talk about, I mean, I'm saying this, let's talk about, okay, they're real. Let's have <laughs> yeah. a public hearing. What does the government know? What don't they know if they can admit that? Where are they from? Are there secret treaties? Like many people in the UFO business think that the government's had. And I just talked to a UFO researcher from China and she thinks the Chinese government has secret treaties with aliens. I don't know if that's true. What I do know that is absolutely true is there's something from somewhere else that we have no idea about visiting this planet in increasing numbers, that's the other key, increasing numbers over the past decade, we're seeing, a at least in people reporting it. So, you know, for every object that's seen and reported, yes, and of course they can be planets, but I don't think people are that stupid. I mean, that that's the excuse, but for every object that's reported, I would say there's at least 20 unreported sightings because, I mean, even I've seen stuff and haven't reported it. So it's like... You know, people who report have to find the place to report that, which is the Washington, um, uh, what is it called? The National uh, Investigate, National UFO Hotline or something like that. And MUFON. There's two places to report a UFO sighting. But most people don't report a sighting. So if the increased numbers, which is like 100,000 between, uh, there's a book out by Cheryl Costa who talks about 100,000 sightings between 2001 and 2000 and was it 15 that have been reported and these are not just people looking at no one wants to report like a plane in the distance people are not stupid there's a movie out by james fox saying i know what i saw which talks to military people you know that movie yes yeah absolutely he's talking to military people who are you know professional uh, viewers of aircraft and they and James Pennison says, I know what I saw. I can't put it into any category of what is known. Any so let's roll this out on the table. Isn't it frustrating that the government is t- treating us like children? Say, well, we can't tell you the truth. You're you might not be old enough to hear the real facts of sex or whatever the, your parents have decided not to tell you. But it's like that. We we are not children. The government works for us. We don't work for them. Of course, that's ideal, but that's not how it goes. But, you know, it's very frustrating that we are dealing with something, somebody, even Obama or Bush or Clinton or whatever, even Trump, if you give him any credit at all, knows something <laughs> that um, they're not telling us and they don't think we're ready to hear. Come on. This is very... Fr- anyway, I wrote a book about this to clear up some of the answers that some people are questioning because we're not getting it from the people who are supposed to tell us what's going on. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect segue into your, your book, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Uh, it's called Making Contact, mm-hmm. the, the the book that's out now. Um, you do, you do uh, address some of that too. Like, uh, you made me just now, uh, made me think of the, I think it's the first chapter in the book by, uh, Nick yes. Pope, who used to be the, 
Minister of Defense in the UK. Well, he worked he as an investor. He never actually was a government employee, and he made me clear that up. And but um, because I oh, mistake, gotcha. him. Okay. but he worked as a private investigator for the UK Ministry of Defense into UFO sightings. Yes. Yeah. So he, you know, he was more of an inside, has an inside perspective, and he kind of lays that out mm. in that chapter where he talks about. Uh, perhaps some other reasons why governments around the world uh, may want to keep the secret. And one of the things he talks about, which makes a lot of sense to me, is the idea that not not so much that it might cause panic, because that's the kind of the story we've, you know, yeah. that at least I grew up with, is that, oh, they, you know, government can't admit to it because it might cause mass hysteria. Yeah. But rather, he says that, you know, keeping it secret in terms of uh, the, the, the benefits to the military, uh, you know, would be, would be an even greater reason to keep it secret, right? Because... They can study it. They can hopefully obtain some of this technology, and that would be world changing. Yeah. So if they if we're acquiring technology like free energy, because obviously whatever these things are, they're not filling up their gas tank to get here. Uh, why isn't that? A, why does the military have to hold on to that? I think it's actually more corporate interests that want to keep these things secret, and not so much military. Um, um, honing in on secrets they don't want to divulge. So I think it's time for us to grow up as a planetary civilization saying, okay, let's free the planet from its enslavement to fossil fuels. You know, what's so hard about that? Why do we have to keep um, feeding off the corporate um, mindset? Let's, let's, let's go to a whole new paradigm where we can look at the technology, see what it can do for us, and move to another level. It's it's childish to think anything else, really, right? Yeah, and what's what's interesting though, and I wanted to get your take on this as well, is we do seem to be at least making a baby step forward. And you can even see that you mentioned uh, it's referenced in the book that even ATIP, uh, from the perspective of of ATIP as a program. ATIP is starting out from a different uh, point than, say, Project Blue Book. Project Blue Book was designed to determine whether or not, well, sort of debunk in the early years at least, but determine if, if there was anything to this UFO phenomenon where ATIP is acknowledging that, yeah, they, are, they exist. We're just trying to figure out what they are. So it seems like we're at least shifting a little bit. And obviously lately with the, the U.S. Navy coming out and just straight up admitting, hey, and, you know, followed by Obama, which is another huge one that, yes, these things are real. We have video footage. We have radar. We have, uh, you know, all this documented evidence. And so at least, I mean, they're not saying, yes, they're from another planet, but it does seem like we are making some progress, albeit slow, but some progress. There, yeah, there was an article in New York Times or a portion where Elizondo, the guy from ATIP, said he doesn't say they're from another planet, which is what we need to hear. He says they're not from any country that we know. Now, what a ridiculous, indirect <laughs> way of saying right. they're from another planet. I mean, again, childishness, but yes, you're right. We are making progress from, from Project Blue Book, which closed uh, on December 16th, 1969, which coincides, interestingly enough, or coincidentally, on December 16th, 2020, no, December 16th, 2017, the New York Times comes out with the big article saying, yes, we're investigating UFOs. So, yes, there's progress. There is like baby steps. There's breadcrumbs leading to the truth. But, you know, that's not really enough for me. And a lot of people have been very frustrated by this very slow leak. It's like, you know, it's like you have a leak in your faucet, but it'll take a year to fill up the bathtub. So um, that's where we are. Very slow leaks. And um, there's if, if we could just have a public conversation with the about this and have people come in front of Congress, say, this is what I know. This is what's possible. This is what the technology can do. We would make so much progress as a civilization, as a human civilization, evolving towards a greater capacity of abundance, of, of proliferations, of technologies, of everything we've hoped as a civilization we can achieve. It's 
it's right here in front of us. If we can just grab it and compile it and use it for some better world. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. And it does, it does seem like, you know, that the president is going to have to address this in some form or fashion relatively soon, I would think, because I, I don't know if you saw this, but I believe it was today. The press secretary was asked uh, a question about it and, uh, it appeared that she had some sort of prepared statement, like was ready for someone to ask the question. So it does seem like the president will have to address this at some point and acknowledge the fact that, you know, a former president has said, yes, this is, this is a real phenomenon. Well, that's interesting because I didn't see that about the press secretary. Where is that? Uh, Does it say, what's the headline press secretary and UFOs? Is that it? Good. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come up under under that. But yeah, uh, Jen Pisaki, I think is her name. Um, oh. Someone will probably correct me. But yeah, she she was asked uh, by a reporter, you know, what's is the president going to going to uh, to address this? And of course, you know, the 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 portion of um, the covid bill, you know, that that says, hey, you know, you guys need to release uh, documentation on on what you guys have on UFOs as, you know, as this government program, uh, it's due to come out soon. Actually, by the time this podcast probably comes out, it'll, it'll already be out by that point. It's supposed to come out in June, but Mm, actually what's your, what's from, from, can I play what Jan, Jen Pasaki has said? I found it on YouTube with that. Can you hear that on your side? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Let's see. Uh, We're aware of the report. Let me see if I can play this on my side. Um, of the director of national intelligence okay, here we is, go. of course, act- uh, we're aware of the report requirement um, and our team at the office of the director of national intelligence. Report requirement means what you said, the COVID bill in June, around June 24th, all the intelligence agencies are mandated if they listen to mandates to come forward and tell us what they know about ufos now calling uaps which i actually want to talk about the change in names but after this so they're required to come forward jen pasaki uh, for the biden administration white house press secretary says intelligence is of course actively working on that report um and we take reports of incursions into our airspace by any aircraft identified or unidentified very seriously and investigate each one. But uh, Odie and I would be working on that report. Uh, and in terms of disclosure, that would be uh, up to them. I guess in all seriousness, though, can you characterize the president's concerns about this phenomenon? I mean, it is this concept of objects in U.S. airspace that are either origin from other nations or other entities. But what is the concern of the president that this phenomenon seems to occur and the national security apparatus? Well, I think broadly speaking, the fact that uh, we have um, a team that's actively working on a report, um, certainly the safety of our personnel, security of our operations, our airspace are paramount concern, uh, whether that is identified or unidentified aircraft. Um, And we don't discuss that publicly uh, for a range of reasons, but uh, certainly the president supports the ODNI uh, putting together a report and following through on that commitment. Which, you know, people are saying they don't have to follow through on that commitment. There's like a lot of controversy saying, and especially from someone like Lou Alzando saying, well, it'd be better if we could have a rollout so we don't have to have one big report. So anyway, they're hedging their bets, even though there was a mandate from the Senate Intelligence Committee to come forward. That woman, sorry, said absolutely nothing except we take very seriously, which, which I hope they do. But, you know, one more thing. Do you know who Danny Sheehan is? Uh, name sounds familiar. Yeah. He was a lawyer for people like John Mack when Harvard wanted to fire him because he said there were. That's but right. He's also stood up against the nuclear industry. Defended Karen Silkwood. He he was a lawyer for the Pentagon Papers. He he is now Luis Alessandro's lawyer, and he oh wow and he knows actually probably more than Luis Alessandro. And this in this interview he was doing with Grant Cameron, he was saying how he was telling Alessandro. This stuff is not a threat. And and Alessandro said, and, and this is second or third hand, Alessandro said, well, yeah, no one in the higher ups in the Pentagon seemed to be concerned about this. So, yeah, we really can't consider this a threat. So why don't we 
just put this out on the table. I mean, again, I mean, so if it's not a threat and these things are in our airspace, then we should know about it. It's like, you know, if something is out there, uh, let's talk about it. Maybe they want to help us. Maybe we're, maybe they're coming in and out to show us what's possible. I mean, there's so much we don't know, but we're never going to know it if we keep hearing stupid, and I say stupid, press conferences like that who just evade the issue because, you know, I, you know, part of that, and I'll just say it in, in a way, nobody really knows what this is about. Not the politicians, not the scientists, certainly not the media, certainly not that woman who's the press secretary. She may be briefed by like people like Obama saying, yeah, there's stuff we don't know in our airspace. So let's talk about this. Why are we not talking about this except for me and maybe, you know, uh, a handful of other people who have been like saying, this is not really about aliens. Of course, ultimately it is or whatever it is. This is just about the truth. This is just about what's out there. You know, there's, uh, isn't that the X-Files um, tagline? There's something out there. Yeah, the truth is out there, yeah. Well, the truth is out there, but it's not here because everyone's avoiding the truth. And you know what? We don't know the truth, but let's investigate it. Well, it seems to me too, like, I, you know, I, I've been watching this stuff and, and reading about this stuff and uh, paying close attention to it since, like I said, since I was a kid. And it seems like anytime someone files like a Freedom of Information Act and they finally get some documentation released, half of it's redacted anyway. So I, I know a lot of people are very excited about this information dump that's supposed to be coming. But part of me is just like, you know, it, it seems to me that we've seen this before, right? Like they can just say, well, it's a national security issue. And then, you know, well, we've seen, remove we've half seen of it. some of this before. We haven't actually seen, I mean, it's like a spiral, you know, we've come around this, but it's like, okay, we're getting a little more information. The government has released this video footage that's saying it's real. And um, so we've seen this before, but we haven't seen all of it before. I guess that's what makes history is like, you know, seeing some, but there's always a little change in it. So I think this is just my opinion. No one's told me this, but there seems to be some kind of crack with inside the government maybe saying it's time that we tell people, other people say, no, we haven't told them for 75 years. We can't tell them. But I think there are forces now saying it's time and why that's happening. Well, maybe because there's been more sightings, maybe the ETs have said to the government, either you tell them or we'll tell them. So this is why we need to know as much as possible. And that's why I got a book. That's not my opinion, but 11 of the best experts in the field, the most, and these are intelligent people. These are not people out in the middle of the sticks. Not that those people aren't intelligent, but not out there saying right. that, you know, these are people who've looked at this like Nick Pope worked in the eight. He's been looking at this for 30 years. Linda Moulton Howe since 1979, she was a mainstream reporter investigating cattle mutilations and saying, what's going on there? And the sheriff in Colorado said, look, little lady, these are not being done by humans. And when she heard that, she said there was like a chill that went through her body. It's like, and she's been on it, on it. I mean, day and night. I, talk, I have hours of conversation. She's an incredible person. She probably knows more than anyone about this. And, and, it's, and she doesn't have all the answers. This is an evolving subject. Um, she says it's like a 16-layer chess game where you can move all the pieces. But it's also like looking at a jigsaw puzzle that doesn't have all the pieces out on the table. And I don't think the government has all the pieces, but they definitely have more pieces than what some of the researchers have. Some of the researchers have pieces the government doesn't have either. So, yeah, what part of I, I feel like technology is playing a large part in this as well. I mean, I can I, I I'm an iPhone user, and I I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, ten years ago the iPhone I had then compared to the one I have now, you know, the camera on the one I have now is incredible. I mean, now it can take nighttime photos and 4K video, and it seems to me that 
if there are people who are watching the skies and seeing something there that doesn't make sense, that there's there's more an increased uh, opportunity to catch this on on camera, first of all. And second of all, like the cameras are just better, obviously, than they were 50, 60 years and, ago. And there are. So, there are some. They're all yeah. over YouTube. You can see UFO sightings every day being posted. So, yeah, sorry, I cut you off from your question. Yeah. What was your question? No, no, I was... I just wanted to get your take on, you know, as somebody who who has uh, studied and researched this topic for a long time. What are what are other people saying? Is that is that part of what is driving this sudden um, kind of move towards a disclosure, or at least an admission? Uh, do you think it's just the fact that you know the government can't hide it anymore, based on the fact that the the general populace just has amazing technology in their hands now that you know, they can't hide something that is, you know, that you can instantly take a picture of. And as you said, post on YouTube instantly. Well, they can't hide it, but you know, we're, there were a lot of great footage um, before the iPro iPhone improvement. So it's not like that that's making them come forward. I don't think because they disregard people's accounts, no matter how good the footage is. I think there's just been an increased sightings. I think, I think the, I think, I think there's some people on the inside who are saying we got to tell them there's something maybe big. I don't want to scare people. I don't want to get people's hopes up either. I think there may be something big coming, like, you know, not like a mass sighting, but something is coming. And I think people are looking up more. There was an article in the New York Times about how more people, because they've been quarantined, are going outside looking at the stars and more people are seeing UFOs. So yes, not just increased pictures, but increased sightings. And there seems to be, since 2017, there's this snowball that's gaining momentum and picking up mass and you know that new york times by ralph blumenthal launched a revolution of possibilities and likelihood so there's something new it's not just the same old i think we're going to get more revelations but they're you know it basically it'll be come down to what we me and you and lots of other people already know that aliens are here they're visiting our planet but let's find out why let's find out what they want are they here to help us i think they are i think they've been over our nu- they have been over our nuclear missile launch um you know silos and turned off the nuclear codes they've done this in russia and the us so i think they're here to protect us from ourselves and it's time we unified as a planet you know in the did you read the epilogue to this book um because there's a quote by bruce lipton in the back at the very end of the book do you do you, is the did you get the Oh no, no, I didn't. I didn't read oh, that. Part just yet. look at the epilogue, like the last page or something, with Bruce Lipton, last second to last page or something. Do you see it uh, in the epilogue? But um, actually, I'll get a book and tell you what page it's on. Um, one second. Uh, one second. Here we go. It is on page. Do you, um, yeah, on page. Three oh um four. Do you see, Got it. Do you see page three oh four? Yeah. Yep. Do, yep. do you want to? Can you read that out loud for the viewers or the listeners? The uh, the quote here by uh, um by Bruce. Yes. Lipton, said? Yeah. He's a biologist. Okay. He's an evolutionary biologist, and he makes a lot of sense. So go ahead if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, he says, uh, the next level of evolution for us is to recognize that we are all cells in a larger community coming together to share awareness in order to create one living organism that would be called humanity. We are not humans until we create humanity. This is when we all recognize that we are all cells in the same living organism and work in a coherent fashion. Then humanity is complete. When humanity is complete, the Earth as an organism completes its evolution. It becomes a living, breathing, pulsing uh, Gaia. Gaia, no, Gaia. Yes. <laughs> when we come together in a unity with a voice that will allow us to speak as one, this will allow us to speak with 
other ones and one, other ones is capitalized. Yes, one, oneness. So <laughs> that's my philosophy. Like we be, we need to unify our consciousness as a single humanity, a single we all share our consciousness. We are conscious. We're talking to each other and we're understanding each other, not because of the words, but the words are linked to consciousness, to a cohesive consciousness. So humanity shares a consciousness, but we don't know that because we're so at odds with each other. But when we do recognize that we're all parts of a greater whole, that allows them to speak with their one consciousness so we can really interface. So we're not at war with each other. It's like being at war with yourself. We're unified and then we have a chance to evolve to the next level. You you know, that's how evolution happens. Single cells hook up with other single cells to create colonies of cells. And from the colonies, they become a multicellular organism. So we're a single cell about to hook up with another single cell to create a bigger, a bigger organism. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was really my takeaway from your book is just, you know, in preparation for, you know, should this be, uh, should this be a situation where these are different uh, species uh, coming from different solar systems, different planets, certainly. Um, it, it seems almost like a like a spiritual uh, preparation as much as it is ad- admission of these kind of nuts and bolts vehicles that we're seeing in the air. Yeah, no, it's a very spiritual sort of awakening that we're going through because it's an awakening of who we really are. We are not a freak of nature. Consciousness and life are an emergent property of the of creation of the universe, you know. So it's like we have to rearrange this false belief of a mechanistic Newtonian linear universe that's a machine, and we have to go from a machine understanding of the of the of creation of the universe to more of a um let's see, holistic understanding, more that its origins is consciousness. Of course, consciousness may be another word for God, but I'm not going there because like that's (laughs) been such an awful abused word, God, because everyone has their own interpretation. Mm. If you use consciousness, nobody really knows what you mean anyway, because (laughs) it it does mean something. It means that whatever we are as thinking, aware beings is being perhaps fueled by a non-local source. That's what it means to me that consciousness transcends the actual um, vehicle. So it's like the hardware is the brain, but I don't think brain is producing consciousness. I think it's a receiver of consciousness, like the radio is a receiver of, of radio signals, but it's not it's generating it in its hardware, but it's not the source of the signal. Our consciousness is emanating from our brain, but it's not sourced in the brain. It's sourced in a non-local reality. So that's the kind of new and improved definition that we have to have if we want to understand things like remote viewing or telepathy or psychic phenomena or any of these things that have been pushed under the carpet by Newtonian science. Well, and just in in general, even if aliens aren't visiting uh, the planet, it seems to me that that's probably something that's that we need to to learn uh, anyway. You know, uh, how how many years have we had uh, in the planet's history where we haven't been at war somewhere on the planet? You know, probably very few. Right. You know, and it and you even look at you, you mentioned the story earlier. We have these confirmed instances where UFOs, these unidentified flying objects, were hovering above nuclear silos and completely locked them down in not only our country, but as you mentioned, the former Soviet Union, as if to say, hey, dummies, like you're going to you're going to hurt each other. Right. You know, it's like a couple of kids playing with, you know, with fireworks. Right, right, right. Exactly. This is how charges. But just to go back to the question about spirituality, it's like if we are made of a non-local consciousness, maybe that is what people call spirit. I mean, what I call spirituality is a, some non-local aspect 
that pertains to the human being. That's not defined by religion. Of course, some religions attempt it, but it's not a religious thing. It's like, what is it? What happens when people have near-death experiences or um, look at their past lives or astral being? There's a spirituality that um, is connected to that that also needs to be talked about. So I think the UFO phenomenon, because it is an aspect of consciousness, does have a huge spiritual component to it that wakes us up to the fact that there's more to human beings than just being meat and potatoes or whatever it is we are. Yeah, and of course, I mean, we would be purely speculating at this point, but it's kind of a fun, uh, you know, exercise uh, to think about. But if we're talking about beings that have come here from another solar system and obviously have technology advanced enough to traverse these vast distances, then one would assume that they're also uh, much more advanced on a spiritual level as well. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably overcome their war if it was ever a part of their history. I think, you know, because we are also evolved from animals with um, this whole idea of territorial um, um, kind of imperialism, I think um, races more advanced than us, maybe millions of years in advance, have overcome those primitive instincts and um, have made peace with themselves and developed the technology that, yes, I'm sure they're spiritual. There is a spiritual component to a lot of people's contact and saying they're coming. these beings are coming from a higher dimensional realm and we, you have to be more spiritually evolved to actually access higher realms because there's a there's a density to to unevolved thought that keeps us trapped in this 3D world but when we start to have more unconditional thoughts more loving thoughts more compassionate thoughts there is like a a quickening uh an acceleration i feel of the vibratory fields that elevates our spiritual awareness so and that's where a lot of these beings who are looking out for us, I feel, are coming from a higher spiritual, but also physical dimension. It's a more um, more of a vibratory, they're a higher vibration, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah. no, I just want to say, we've all we been do. around people with lower vibrations, not to judge, any, <laughs> yeah. not to judge anyone, but you know, people in lower vibrations, they tend to be more, argumentative they tend to be more um ego based they tend to be the, the, you you can just feel it and then the people who are higher vibrations they they're easier to be around they're gentler they're more compassionate so the same is true i think throughout the cosmos so anyway what were you saying no, I just I wanted to give you an opportunity to to kind of talk about you. You had mentioned, and and for a lot of people, they're not quite ready to have this conversation yet. But I think I think it's an interesting topic to to talk about, uh, and that's the aspect of this phenomenon that that involves uh, actual abductions. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've you've gotten the the opportunity to talk to Whitley Strieber, who's one of the most famous mm -hmm. uh, abduction stories out there, as well as um, obviously you know, you have a chapter in your book by John Mack. You know, this famous. Uh, was he a therapist, psychiatrist? Yeah, he was a psychiatrist. Uh, yeah. He was a clinical psychiatrist who also taught at the Harvard Medical School. So he was certified on many, many levels. So, um, yeah, so there are people who claim abduction. I think I may have had one, but that that is a whole other conversation that, you know, the government's not even going they're not even mentioning aliens, so um, I don't think they're even ready to mention that. But I think that's one of the reasons these beings are here, because they need our genetics. That's what the that's at the bottom line of the whole abduction experience. We we at this point in our history still have vital genetic uh, reproductive um, genes. And I think this is just my theory, and some other people may agree with it, that they the greys we're talking about because there's not there's more than one species that are here. I think the greys are are taking people's genetics in order to create a hybrid race which uses their great intelligence, 
with our ability to feel and have compassion and love and creativity and and joy and and they took maybe a wrong turn which maybe some people say our future where they bred that ability to feel out of them in exchange for a highly developed analytical thinking so we are here to to kind of be a donor for the evolution. And yes, it looks like abduction and yes, it's not pleasant, but um, people like Whitley, um, even though he had a horrible time, my, my experience wasn't that bad, but he's come to terms with it and he's made a career, but more than a career, it's like become the aspect of his life where he's trying to communicate Mm, this higher level having to do with consciousness of what these beings are and our connection to the rest of the cosmos. We've isolated ourselves from the rest of the cosmos by saying life is an accident and we're a freak of nature. But that's why I keep going back. We need to have this out in the public. What's going on here? What's the truth? So yeah, I do think abductions are happening. They're very controversial and they're very um, enigmatic, but um, I think they're real and I think they definitely have to be addressed as soon as we establish the fact that there's somebody here, right? Yeah, I, I just want to make two quick points. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, even Strieber has kind of softened on his experience in the sense that, you know, he, he feels now looking at back that maybe perhaps some of the fear that he felt during his experience, maybe just due to the fact that he was surrounded by things that he just didn't understand and, and uh, was obviously rightfully afraid, but that perhaps maybe these, these beings were not necessarily, um, you know, didn't have ill intentions, uh, but he was just, you know, terrified based on the fact that this was a very foreign, um, you know, paradigm shift for him, obviously, in that moment. Well, that's exactly right. People are afraid of what they don't know. So you're right. That is the basic fear that, um, well, it's also a little scary when, you know, you're in your house, the doors are locked, you're asleep, and someone shows you up, shows up at your bed, even if they're not alien, it's kind of a kind of a traumatic situation. Yeah. So um, somehow they're, they're able to do that. I don't know how they're able to do that, but... Um, anyway, so that happened to Whitley. It happens to lots of people, but that is the trauma. I think once we, and part of the book is preparing people for that sort of thing. So they're not traumatized. So they say, oh yeah, I know what this is. I can meet these beings. Of course, they're not any greater than us. So they're not, all they have is more power of their minds to manipulate reality. But we are capable of that. We are certainly capable of doing exactly that. So, um, yeah, I think preparing is to preparing to meet the unknown. And that's what we're doing here. We're meeting the unknown. And, and that's, you know who Joe Dispenza is? Yeah. Well, yep. I have a, I, Joe's an old friend of mine and I have a quote in the, at the end of the introduction, which it took me a while took me a long time to quantitize this, but Joe says, knowledge is a precursor to experience. The more knowledge you have, the more prepared you are for the event. This book presents knowledge, so we are prepared for when an ET shows up in your bedroom so you're not totally freaked out or you see something in the sky and you say, oh yeah, maybe that's one of those things that I read about. So the idea is mm, we need to... Uh, fine-tune our quantification of reality. You know, reality is not what we've been brainwashed to think it is. We have to keep expanding the possibility of the unknown. And when we do that, we actually increase our potential for greater thought, greater invention, more creativity, more harmony amongst each other. There's something about growing our consideration of the possible that is beneficial for the whole of the human race. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. Well, I know, I know we're running short on time. You've got another 
another interview soon here. But before I let you go, where can people go to keep up on top of what you're up to and and find a copy of your book? Well, I'm doing like every day I'm doing another YouTube interview with an expert. I just talked to a woman from China who really it's much riskier to come out as a UFO specialist in China than it is here because the government doesn't like that sort of thing. But I'm talking to people all over the world about this phenomena, and you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash newrealities. My my website should be back up at some point. That is newrealities.com. You can email me at newrealities at earthlink.net. You can look at me for me on Facebook. I'm always happy to answer questions. But you, more importantly, you can get this book on Amazon, Making Contact, Alan Steinfeld, or go to your local bookstore, wherever that is, if there's still bookstores, and ask for a copy so the book can be put on the shelf and more people can wake up to the fact that we are not alone, we've never been alone, and this is a glorious time to be in the world with other beings trying to make contact. So we are at the threshold of a very exciting um a very exciting time in human history. And I'm really optimistic about where this is going to go. So thank you, John. Thank you for listening to From the Void. Check out Alan Steinfeld's new book, Making Contact preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. And if you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you have a second, consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. To stay up to date, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at From the Void Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with a brand new mystery. And as always, thank you for listening to From the Void. <laughs>